Chapter Thirteen of Mob Rule in New Orleans by Ida B. Wells Barnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Holly Jensen. Section Thirteen Was Charles a Desperado? The press of the country has united in declaring that Robert Charles was a desperado as usual when dealing with a negro he is assumed to be guilty because he is charged even the most conservative of journals refuse to ask evidence to prove that the dead man was a criminal and that his life had been given over to law-breaking the minute that the news was flashed across the country that he had shot a white man it was at once declared that he was a fiend incarnate and that when he was killed the community would be ridden of a black-hearted desperado the reporters of the new orleans papers who were in the best position to trace the record of this man's life made every possible effort to find evidence to prove that he was a villain unhung with all the resources at their command and inspired by intense interest to paint him as black a villain as possible these reporters signally failed to disclose a single indictment which charged robert charles with a crime because they failed to find any legal evidence that charles was a lawbreaker and desperado his accusers gave full license to their imagination and distorted the facts that they had obtained in every way possible to prove a course of criminality which the records absolutely refused to show charles had his first encounter with the police monday night in which he was shot in the street duel which was begun by the police after officer mora had beaten charles three or four times over the head with his billy in an attempt to make an illegal arrest in defending himself against the combined attack of two officers with a billy and their guns upon him charles shot officer mora and escaped early tuesday morning charles was traced to dryad street by officers who were instructed to kill him on sight there again defending himself he shot and killed two officers this of course in the eyes of the american press made him a desperado the new orleans press in substantiating the charges that he was a desperado made statements which will be interesting to examine in the first place the new orleans times democrat of july twenty fifth calls charles a ravisher and a daredevil it says that from all sources that could be searched the testimony was cumulative that the character of the murderer robert charles is that of a daredevil and a fiend in human form then in the same article it says the belongings of robert charles which were found in his room were a complete index to the character of the man although the room and its contents were in a state of chaos on account of the frenzied search for clues by officers and citizens an examination of his personal effects revealed the mental state of the murderer and the rancor in his heart toward the caucasian race never was the adage a little learning is a dangerous thing better exemplified than in the case of the negro who shot to death the two officers his room was searched and the evidence upon which the charge that he was a desperado consisted of pamphlets in support of negro emigration to liberia on his mantelpiece there was found a bullet mould and an outfit for reloading cartridges there were also two pistol scabbards and a bottle of cocaine 
the other evidences that charles was a desperado the writer described as follows in his room were found negro periodicals and other race propaganda most of which was in the interest of the negro's emigration to liberia there were police gazettes strewn about his room and other papers of a similar character well-worn text-books bearing his name written in his own scrawling handwriting and well-filled copy-books found in his trunk showed that he had burnt the midnight oil and was desirous of improving himself intellectually in order that he might conquer the hated white race much of the literature found among his chattels was of a superlatively vituperative character and attacked the white race in unstinted language and asserted the equal rights of the negro charles was evidently the local agent of the voice of missions a religious paper published at atlanta as great bundles of that sheet were found it is edited by one bishop turner and seems to be the official organ of all haters of the white race its editorials are anarchistic in the extreme and urge upon the negro that the sooner he realizes that he is as good as the white man the better it will be for him the following verses were clipped from the journal they were marked till forbidden and appeared in several successive numbers our sentiments h m t my country tis of thee dear land of africa of thee we sing land where our fathers died land of the negro's pride god's truth shall ring my native country thee land of the black and free thy name i love to see thy rocks and rills thy woods and matchless hills like that above when all thy slanderous ghouls in the bosom of sheol forgotten lie thy monumental name shall live and suns thy royal brow shall gild upheave to heaven high o'ertopping thrones there were no valuables in his room and if he was a professional thief he had his headquarters for storing his plunder at some other place than his room on fourth street nothing was found in his room that could lead to the belief that he was a thief except fifty or more small bits of soap the inference was that every place he visited he took all of the soap lying around as all of the bits were well worn and had seen long service on the washstand his wearing apparel was little more than rags and financially he was evidently not in a flourishing condition he was in no sense a skilled workman and his room showed in fact that he was nothing more than a laborer the philosopher in the garret was a dirty wretch and his room his bedding and his clothing were nasty and filthy beyond belief his object in life seemed to have been the discomfiture of the white race and to this purpose he devoted himself with zeal he declared himself to be a patriot and wished to be the moses of his race under the title of the making of a monster the reporter attempts to give something of the personality of the arch-fiend charles giving his imagination full vent the writer says it is only natural that the deepest interest should attach to the personality of robert charles what manner of man was this fiend incarnate what conditions developed him who were his preceptors 
from what ancestral strain if any did he derive his ferocious hatred of the whites his cunning his brute courage the apostolic zeal which he displayed in spreading the propaganda of african equality these are questions involving one of the most remarkable psychological problems of modern times in answer to the questions which he propounds the reporter proceeds to admit that he did not learn anything of a very desperate nature connected with charles he says although charles was a familiar figure to scores of negroes in new orleans and they had been more or less intimately acquainted with him for over two years curiously little can be learned of his habits or mode of life since the perpetration of his terrible series of crimes it goes without saying that his former friends are inclined to be reticent but it is reasonably certain that they have very little to tell in regard to himself charles was singularly reticent for a negro he did not even indulge in the usual lying about his prowess in his adventures this was possibly due to the knowledge that he was wanted for a couple of murders the man had sense enough to know that it would be highly unwise to excite any curiosity about his past when charles first came to new orleans he worked here and there as a day laborer he was employed at different times in a sawmill on the street gangs as a roustabout on the levee as a helper at the sugar works and as a coal shoveler in the engine room of the st charles hotel at each of the places where he worked he was known as a quiet rather surly fellow who had little to say to anybody and generally performed his tasks in morose silence he managed to convey the impression however of being a man of more than ordinary intelligence a negro named william butts who drives a team on the levee and lives on washington street near barone told a times democrat reporter yesterday that charles got a job about a year ago as agent for a liberian immigration society which has headquarters at birmingham and was much elated at the prospect of making a living without hard labor according to the further investigations of this reporter charles was also agent for bishop turner's voice of missions the colored missionary organ of the african methodist church edited by h m turner of atlanta georgia concerning his service as agent for the voice of missions the reporter says he secured a number of subscribers and visited them once a month to collect the installments in order to ensure regular payments it was necessary to keep up enthusiasm which was prone to wane and charles consequently became an active and continual preacher of the propaganda of hatred whatever may have been his private sentiments at the outset this constant harping on one string must eventually have had a powerful effect upon his own mind exactly how he received his remuneration is uncertain but he told several of his friends that he got a big commission incidentally he solicited subscribers for a negro paper called the voice of the missions and when he struck a negro who did not want to go to africa himself he begged contributions for the good of the cause in the course of time charles developed into a fanatic on the subject of the negro oppression and neglected business to indulge in wild tirades whenever he could find a listener 
he became more anxious to make converts than to obtain subscribers and the more conservative darkies began to get afraid of him meanwhile he got into touch with certain agitators in the north and made himself a distributing agent for their literature a great deal of which he gave away making money was a secondary consideration to the cause one of the most enthusiastic advocates of the liberian scheme is the colored bishop h m turner of atlanta turner is a man of unusual ability has been over to africa personally several times and has made himself conspicuous by denouncing laws which he claimed discriminated against the blacks charles was one of the bishop's disciples and evidence has been found that seems to indicate they were in correspondence this was all that the times democrats reporters could find after the most diligent search to prove that charles was the fiend incarnate which the press of new orleans and elsewhere declared him to be the reporters of the new orleans picayune were no more successful than their brethren of the times democrat they too were compelled to substitute fiction for facts in their attempt to prove charles a desperado in the issue of the twenty sixth of july it was said that charles was well known in vicksburg and was there a consort of thieves they mentioned that a man named benson blake was killed in eighteen ninety four or eighteen ninety five and that four negroes were captured and two escaped of the two escaped they claim that charles was one the four negroes who were captured were put in jail and as usual in the high state of civilization which characterizes mississippi the right of the person accused of crime to an indictment by legal process and a legal trial by jury was considered a useless formality if the accused happened to be black a mob went to the jail that night the four colored men were delivered to the mob and all four were hanged in the courthouse yard the reporters evidently assumed that charles was guilty if in fact he was ever there because the other four men were lynched they did not consider it was a fact of any importance that charles was never indicted they called him a murderer on general principles end of section thirteen recording by holly jensen